0: To notes to my legal self. Together, we explore topics of interest to in house lawyers. We cover career, practice tips, leadership, the future of law, mental health, legal tech, and much, much more. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Let us know. Self nominations are encouraged, they're an act of courage. Want to get the most from this conversation? Ask questions, comment, like, follow, say hello. In short, engage. Finally, have fun. In-house legal practice is a serious business, but you don't have to take yourself seriously. Let's begin. Here's your host, Olga Matt. Hi, everyone. It's good to
1: see you. I have a fantastic guest with me. Um, She has great experiences, and uh, she's very vocal about her opinions, so um, I'm really excited to have this conversation with her. And without further ado, Stephanie, welcome to the show. It's good to see you.
2: Please introduce yourself. (laughs) Hi. Yes, thank you, Olga, for having me on here. So I am Stephanie Frank. I am Vice President and Associate General Counsel at ThriveWorks. We're a mental health company where we have... Over 300, almost 400 locations across the country where we provide mental health services. Um, One of the the largest ones in the country. And yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Really cool. So before being an in-house lawyer at
1: at this fantastic organization that does very important work, uh, how did you get to where you are today?
2: Sure. Um, My path, my journey has not always been a straight line. Um, This being lawyers, my um, third career, but we'll focus just on that. Uh, Prior to ThriveWorks, I worked at the Association for Marriage and Family Therapy, which is the professional association for MFTs. And I was there for about three and a half years. I'm at ThriveWorks now for three years as of uh, the recording of this as of today. Uh, i here uh, three years, and I was at AMFT for three and a half years, Um, also a generalist there, as I am here at ThriveWorks. And I kind of fell into the mental health uh, legal world. It's a very small world, (laughs) but um, I I love it. And prior to that, uh, after graduating law school, I worked at a company called Stateside, where we did legal regulatory and legislative monitoring. So I worked on the regulations team where we uh, assisted our clients in uh, new rules that came about that would affect their business. I love that. Um, I love that it is, in
1: fact, your third career. Um, You have had many adventures. Um, And I love that you talk about sort of this um, being generalist versus specialist. I'm just curious, I guess, I I do want to talk to you a little bit in depth about it. how would you define it you know what does generalist versus specialist mean to you and i guess how do you become one or another
2: sure i i have only ever been an in-house generalist um, i was an older law student so i knew um, i didn't want to go into a law firm and uh, how i view a generalist is basically any legal issue concern that a company has uh, will come across my desk whether it's labor and employment whether it's uh, corporate governance, um, rules and and laws governing the practice of of the mental health practitioners, every trademarks we're currently working on, you know, so anything and everything that can affect a corporation on the legal side is something that I have at least touched. And as opposed to what I view specialists as is that they just do labor and employment or they just do M&A or they just do uh, contracts, whereas I've been involved in all those things. Um, I also feel like a lot of people think that being a journalist, you need to know a little bit about a lot of things. I think you need to know a lot about a lot of things. I think the knowledge, there are a few things where you're okay with surface uh, information, but there's so many things that you're gonna need, have to know deeply. Uh, because your company is relying on you to mitigate any risk that could happen. So, you know, a deep, you know, certain issues, just as deep as a specialist might, um, but over numerous type, numerous, uh, areas.
1: Yeah, I think that's about a correct assessment. I, um, I think, and to your point. If it is core to your business, chances are you'll know it better than your outside yeah. counsel uh, because you leave that issue every day. I think and, and the the art here is to actually know what you need to know in depth and what you can kind of know superficially. I guess maybe how do you make that decision which areas um, you know in depth? I guess one mark is what's important to your business. Are there any other telltale signs? Where to focus your deep dives?
2: <laughs> I think in, in addition to, you know, how it helps the business, I think being able to recognize where there might be a higher risk and so that you need to know more or as you're doing research, you come across something that asks the deeper question. You you end up with extra deeper questions that you know are going to affect the way your company does business or um, might cause some other risk. Um, you know, for example, we, you know, I have a deep depth knowledge of HIPAA, um, obviously, you know, we're a mental health providers so we're a covered entity, but then there's all the new privacy laws, you know, CCPA, CCRA, uh, Colorado, Utah, Virginia, and all the other ones. So now it's, yes, we need to be in line with HIPAA, but now I'm having this other question that comes up that I know is going to affect our business um, that now we have to, you know, we need to be in compliance for that. So surface knowledge of that is no longer uh, sufficient. We need to know it in more depth.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's a great way to think through that. And then I, um, I want to talk about it a little sort of how. So how do you first make a decision to be a generalist? You know what? What is this? What are the factors you would consider if you had to do it all over again, in kind of going right to a generalist path or going left um, to a more specialist path? How would you think about it?
2: Sure, I I think I would stick with my generalist path. I I absolutely love it. <laughs> a nice I, I do. <laughs> I'm not changing my mind. I think you need to be okay with the constant change of topic. I, from not just from day to day, but from minute to minute, hour to hour, I could be working on something completely different. Um, I mean, even just an example today, I was helping uh, my medical records team. Uh, We're going to create some new training. I was working, I have an ESG meeting later on today. I had, oh gosh, I can't even remember all my meetings, uh, working on our OKRs for the quarter. So it's, you know, uh, trademarks, we had, we're, like I said, we're dealing with trademarks and we're discussing some of those issues in depth. So you have to be comfortable with the constant change of topic and not just within, like, within labor and employment. I know there's many, many different topics that fall under that. I know I have to deal with all of them when it comes to in-house counsel uh, issues, but those in, those labor and employment uh, attorneys might never see due diligence under m a whereas a generalist will see both. And I think in making the decision, you have to know yourself and you have to know what you're comfortable doing and where your passion lies. Because if you do have a passion for contracts, if you have a passion for uh, legal ops, if you have a passion for um, corporate governance and securities, then it makes sense to take the path where you're just focused on that. I know people who love IP, I love IP. Um, And I thought that's what I was gonna be doing, either media law or IP law, something like that. And I fell into mental health law. I love it, but um, I think it's really about knowing yourself and knowing where your, your skill set is and where your passion is.
1: I love that. Um- Uh, We have a hello from Mary Rose. Thank you for saying hello. I'm going to encourage folks to ask questions and participate and be part of the conversation because if you are, you got to get a whole lot more out of it. Otherwise, you know, I have many questions. I can talk all day, so can Stephanie. Uh, But we can answer your questions. Um, Let's talk a little bit about sort of how, you know, you make a decision to be a journalist. You sort of mapped out your passions and your skills and that you're okay with not remembering the last 10 meetings because there's just so many and there's a great diversity in them so you are that person now you're graduating from law school or maybe you had your law firm job or maybe you didn't have your law firm job maybe you go straight to it or maybe you had another in-house job where you have been specialist you know there are many ways to get to a generalist and they're all equally valid ways to get there how do you sort of choose the right job and how do you show competences to be the person right for the job meaning you are gonna have a meaningful impact on day one that's my definition of the right person for the job by the way maybe that's the wrong definition yeah.
2: no no I like I like that definition that definition's great that you can bring your full self to to a job and I think if you're if you're looking if you think you might want to be a generalist I'd say look at smaller companies. Smaller legal teams. Um, I know general counsels. Big old, big you know, world of general counsels. They they're all generalists. um Hence, general counsel. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> they're general.
1: Yeah, like if you're confused, it's right in the title. Not it's a right in the title. title.
2: It's, it's in the yeah. title. <laughs> um, yeah. Which obviously are the hardest positions to get, but. If you're interested in being a generalist, I'd say look at smaller companies. I was the second attorney in both at both AAMFT and ThriveWorks. I'm the second attorney, so we were a small company. So there's no there's small legal team. There's no choice but to be a generalist. There's no choice but uh, to have to deal with all the issues that come that come to the business. Um, I think that even if you come, I've had uh, hired attorneys from law firms that were specialized in an area but are interested were interested in being a generalist and that's what i looked for when i was hiring my team i I wanted to make sure that they understand generalist was as best they could as best as i could describe it anyway and then be able to know like yes this is actually what i want to do
1: that's a great answer uh, we have julie saying hello and then we have a question from mary rose which i think is a great question and there isn't a sort of an inherent trade off between you know knowledge and breadth right you know there is an inverse correlation in, in nature between quantity and quality that that's basically what we're dealing with um, but at the same time you have to serve your team and you have to provide services and you have to be competently available for them. Um, How do you deal with the sort of expectations of, you know, trade-offs between quality and quantity, breadth and and depth? How do you have those conversations? I think we started having these conversations Mm -hmm. around that you actually need to choose where you know depth, you know, but... (laughs) There is another aspect to it of communicating with your team members who need to be supported maybe in things that you don't have breath or depth. And that's, <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I would agree with that. That's that's really, we would need where there's an area. We recognize when there's an area we don't know that well. Um, that's why I make sure when I bring on team members, I have team members that like, I know, I know I don't know everything. So I make sure to bring on team members that want to be generalists, but also might have a, a knowledge where I have a knowledge gap or when that's when we go to outside counsel and, and seek additional help. Or that's when I get hyper-focused and I drill in and I do my research and, I, and I'm and i able to pull what I need to. I talk to other attorneys, uh, get other opinions, uh, speak to outside counsel, like I said before, and really pull all of that together. So if there's a topic where that I may not be perfect at, I have no problem um, being honest with, I think that's key, being honest with uh, internal stakeholders saying, I don't have that answer for you. Let me look into it. Let me figure it out. Let me see if outside counsel can help with this. Uh, Let me see if one of our other attorneys has a knowledge on this or can start doing research on it. And I think that's really key you know we're trained it's the practice of law so we're, we're practicing it we're learning as we go and that's one of the great thing about being a generalist is that it's a constant constant learning
1: yeah yeah i, I definitely think that this getting back to you is a thing um but before you even you know and i would mentioned that you may not know everything is also i think is a key thing i, I think there is a sort of a third step in gathering facts and the learning from the person who asks question that is very important because it's actually impossible Absolutely. to answer a question if you don't understand the question. And I do think that we, all of us lawyers are not go through life not understanding questions that we quickly answer. Um, because if you listen and ask and really clarify, the question is often very different or more narrow or has an angle to it. And, and I think that's an important thing. And in my experience is that my my clients really want to be heard <laughs> and, yes. and and, and they, they they do not necessarily need an answer yesterday or even immediately what they need is that they know that you understand that and you'll give them a competent answer on a timeline that makes sense and for mm-hmm. that you know <laughs> that that yeah. that's, that's a different I skill think,
2: and sometimes it's not even, a le- it may end up not even being a legal issue. Sometimes just sitting down, talking to them, be like, okay, I don't understand what you're looking for. Explain the situation to me. Explain the problem to me. And sometimes we end up talking things out where it's like, oh, we have a solution that'll work that we don't need to do in-depth research for. Um, it's I mean, really- it may not be even a legal it's question ahead. in the end. In the end, it may exactly. be just something else. Just something, I've I've had people internally come to me and say, hey, I just need to talk this through with somebody. And I don't know if there's a legal question, but I just need to talk it through. And I think that that's, that's fine. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, understanding internal stakeholders, understanding their questions, understanding why they're asking what they're asking and what exactly it is that they're looking for. Because maybe their question doesn't actually reflect what they're looking for. And having that relationship with internal stakeholders is something that, in my opinion, since I've never been outside counsel, <laughs> you can only get by being inside counsel to really, really knowing your because they're your co-workers too. They're not just your clients. Yeah. And, and, and,
1: and I think you have to recognize that asking a good question on the first try is hard. You know, uh, it, is. That, that it is actually really hard. It's you putting too much pressure on your client to ask the right question when they don't know law and they may not know everything about their business. So that's a really really high bar. We do have, you know, Mary Rose asking really good questions, and this question is around um, sort of buckets of knowledge. Um, I do think sure. there is a, an aspect to it depends on your business, right? So the, it depends. Answer. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I in how slower some things that are kind of more fundamental working knowledge of sure. running a, a business, uh, whatever a mm-hmm. business is. <laughs> so I'm just curious how you how how if, if you were to think in buckets,
2: which sure. buckets I think about <laughs> what, what buckets would it be? Oh my gosh, there's probably so many. Um, and and yes, the whole lawyer answer of it depends applies to this. Uh, so. If you work, the, it depends falls into, if you work in a highly regulated industry, like healthcare, uh, oil and gas, uh, insurance, any of those. So you're going to have the industry specific laws and rules as a bucket. You're going to have labor and employment. Um, if your company does acquisitions, you're going to have an M and a contracts is a huge bucket. Um, Internal, just general internal business questions that may have legal implications. Um, uh, data privacy, huge, right? Um, what other buckets? Uh, intellectual property. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other, I think those are the main, I'm sure I'm forgetting something, yeah, but I those mean, are the I main buckets that, yeah. I would think.
1: I would add to that. If you a consumer facing business, you have slightly different angle yes. of, you know, because there's mm-hmm. always a, you know, sort of consumer class actions, um, and sort of false advertising,
2: that type yeah, of stuff. litigation. Yes. litigation. litigation. <laughs> there's a bucket for you. A bucket pretend a- doesn't exist, right? No. Yeah, it, <laughs> it,
1: it, it exists under some circumstances. So I think it's important, mm-hmm. but I think you pretty much nailed, um, you know, the, the main ones, um, you know, there is a little bit of, um, you know, uh, conversation going on here around the breasts and quality and, and trade-offs, um, you know, uh, in the long term, we can know equally well everything, but short term, sometimes I think there are trade-offs, but maybe
2: it's just me, maybe it's just me. <laughs> sometimes there are trade-offs, sometimes, and, you know, I, I had a question of, a couple of weeks ago, about certain uh, APRN, which is nurse, nurse practitioners, uh, prescribers, s- certain question about their their practice and certain something that they can or cannot do in a specific state, and I'm looking it up and I'm looking it up and I and their interpretation, the the a- APRN's interpretation of the law, my interpretation of the law were different, and I ended up going to outside counsel uh, to get some additional additional uh, assistance in it to help with, with the answer. Um, and, and sometimes that's, that happens and he found the answer way in a place I would have never thought of looking. So use your resources. I mean, it's, it's the same, even if you're a specialist, I think as well as is, is knowing how to use your resources, whether that's outside counsel, whether that's Google. <laughs> if you don't have LexisNexis, you know, you use Google uh and, and the people in your network and your coworkers.
1: Yeah, yeah, your peers are really great resources and frankly most of the statues and case law is online. Finding it sometimes through Google is challenging. Uh yes. but it, it is it is an engine uh that sometimes finds some things. <laughs> so um and maybe increasingly with GPT 3 we'll find better things quicker. Um, let's talk about sort lovely. of, <laughs> that's the hope, right? Um, let's talk about the sort of favorite things of being the generalist and maybe least favorite. Like, what, what do you like? What makes you sort of excited to get up in the morning and show up at work and be like, yes, I'm a generalist still today. And what kind of makes you like, ah, oh, you know, this, this part would be better.
2: <laughs> I think the answer is the same for both. I never know what's going to happen in a day. So that is for me personally, that's, that's exciting. I like that. I like, um, like, yes, I could have a plan for the day and it could all just disappear because some major issue happens. Some question happens, some something happens, or I don't have anything planned for that day. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Oh, look, I have, you know, 50 emails that I haven't gotten to yet. Great. I can knock those out or I'm in meetings all day or, you know, I never, each day is bring something new and different. And I, that's exciting to me. Um, And then I also have my big projects that I get to work on that I, that I absolutely love doing. And they're from, they go from the ESG project to uh, you know, crafting a code of conduct for the company to making videos about ethics issues for our clinicians. I, it's so, it's a huge breadth of, of what I could do. And those are areas where I have in the depth of knowledge. Um, cause I do those bigger projects on them. And those are, those are exciting to me. What I don't love about it is sometimes, sometimes it can get overwhelming. I will, I'll admit, um, when it all comes, there'll be times when it just comes at you from every di- direction and you're not really sure which way to turn. Um, but at that point, you just take a breath and you're like, okay, priorities. What's what's the most important? Who's asking me what? And you know, go going from there.
1: Yeah, very interesting. Uh, speaking of GPT three, Mary Rose has another question um, about GPT three. Um, and let's you know, let's maybe think about. It. I'm curious to hear your answer. Uh, what's the impact mm-hmm. on generalists of GPT three? I don't know if you thought about it. Um. I have not, th-
2: I haven't <laughs> thought about it much. I've, I've seen a bit about the chat about GPT and I'll be honest, the whole thing kind of creeps me out. I'm I'm thinking iRobot, I'm thinking the Matrix, I'm thinking Terminator. <laughs> um, like this is <laughs> all oh, kinds of thoughts here. <laughs> uh, but how will it affect the generalist role? It could, from my understanding, it doesn't have facts and, or it only, it doesn't have facts and knowledge or it only has facts, I can't remember. I, I don't know it that well enough to, to, to say, but how would it affect? I don't know how much it would have an effect at all. I mean, it, I think in the end, people will still want to ask a person a question.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, I I, I It might be a resource,
2: another yeah, resource.
1: I thought, a, yeah, I do think that, look, I mean, you know, it's early days. I do think this technology will have impact on a lot generally, generalists or specialists. Mm-hmm. I think that definitely will happen. You know, um, I recently yeah. was playing with my pictures and the output was interesting. Uh, really, you know, my, my children really enjoyed seeing the alternative <laughs> versions of their mother, um, and they preferred some of those versions better. And so <laughs> they didn't prefer. So there could be multiple versions of old I suppose. Um, and by the same token, there could be multiple answers to a legal question, I suppose. I mean, I think the, the mm-hmm. short answer is the technology is still not there. It is it is approaching to being useful. I'm, so I am I am sort of optimist there. I think it... Um, Will lead to maybe asking better questions, giving you maybe research better. I think at the end, what we do is not repeating, you know, the law, we're applying law to facts that that's Mm -hmm. experience. And I, I would say, maybe even hard to recreate the more context you put it in, and say, in the context of your business. And then I think if you put it the kind of a technology kind of what its virtue is, its virtue is basically to complete sentences. I mean, that's what it is.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: start a sentence and it says, oh, I know where you're going with it. Because on average, this is where people go with it. <laughs> okay. I mean,
2: maybe maybe it'll help with legal writing if you teach it how to Iraq. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, think, I mean, I think we will be able to complete the Maybe. sentences,
1: you know. But you know, if if he truly finds legal really advice, you're not coming with an, you know, sometimes yeah. with a sort of average complete the sentence. You're coming with a application of lots of facts, and 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 the yep. facts are usually novel. So I, I think you. We'll address some things, you know, and maybe we'll we'll will get more in-depth knowledge in some areas and maybe not others.
2: But yeah, I it will. It's it's definitely interesting technology. <laughs> it is it is interesting, and again, I think it would end up being just another resource, just like AI is another resource, just like Lexus Nexus is. Re- it's it's just another uh, resource that could help us complete our our jobs and do our jobs and maybe communicate more effectively. Because I know. Uh, I have less of a problem with it, but I know some, some lawyers have a problem peeling back on the legalese and putting things in layman's terms, which is in house counsel. Oh, doesn't matter if you're specialist or generalist, that's, that's a big part of your job is to make sure you're explaining things in a way for people to understand. Um, so may, it could possibly be helpful with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Um. I have a
1: few more questions. We are suddenly sure. coming to the end, but uh, I do have a couple of questions. Do you manage a, a team of generalists or specialists? Just curious.
2: Um, actually, right now, a little bit of right as of right now, they're all generalists. We just h- hired a specialist. Um, so I don't know if we're going to move into the full specialist world. I don't know if we'll ever have a legal team big enough for that, but certain there are certain areas that are just too heavy that we need a specialist on or that myself or my general counsel just don't have the the knowledge to do is it's a knowledge gap for us and we think we need one person specifically working on it um so we do we did just hire our first specialist
1: okay well i'm curious how do you manage team of journalists versus specialists Um, or how do you think about this their career development differently because you know uh, it's one thing to practice you know and be in charge of self it's another thing thing to do that plus inspire people to go above and beyond every day uh, and complete the mission
2: yeah I think making sure that people are working on things that they enjoy uh, that's I mean that's part of being a generalist is you know I make sure that everybody gets to work on something that they enjoy. You know, there are some things that nobody enjoys and somebody has got to do it kind of thing. But for the most part, it's even though everybody is a generalist, not everybody does everything except for like myself and my general counsel. Um, And I think that could we eventually move into specialist mode? We could, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. You know, who knows what the future is going to bring. But I think their career paths are, are similar, you know, and, and I think my generalists want to be generalists and my person I hired to be a specialist wants to be a specialist. And I think that that's key is that that's their passion. That's what they want to do. That's where they want to learn and grow as people. And I love being the one to help facilitate that so that they can grow as people and in their profession and learn different areas of law that they're interested in. That's a
1: good answer, I love that. Uh, I love Jennifer's uh, supplementing our uh, chat GPT conversation. Um, That's a very important conversation, very timely today. Um, And I will encourage folks to share their thoughts on that. Uh, Definitely there is a world where augmentation is a thing. There's, there's, a, there's all kinds of scenarios that we will be seeing unfolding in front of our eyes, no, sure. board, as I would say, <laughs> whatever it will be, it will be entertaining. So be ready for that. Um, I have maybe kind of last couple of questions. Let's talk about kind of inspiration. So, what inspires you, uh, you know, to do your work, to show up with the, your team? Um, what kind of uh, makes you a, a better professional?
2: Um, I, I find inspiration in, in many places in, in when my attorneys, you know, I get feedback that they have from internal stakeholders. that they've done a great job, that inspires me. Um, I'm, I'm, a, a rock and roll lover rock music inspires me. If you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll see that, um, I, reading, I am a huge reader. I love to read. Um, I hit like 55 books last year, something like that, that I read and or listened to. Um, and it's just, I, I really, I, I would go back to my rock music is really where I find the most inspiration for me. Newer music, older is just such a, a, a motivator and, and just, yeah. I don't know what other words I could put in. <laughs> into no, that.
1: you're doing great, and and I mean I think the key here is that lawyers are humans first, and yes. you know and and they don't always find um, inspiration from case law.
2: <laughs> or or law No, court. no, they don't. Know. <laughs> or I you know, don't, don't have Black's Law Dictionary back here. That's not where I find my my inspiration. You mean you um, don't read that for recreation? I do not read that for recreation. <laughs>
1: I mean, I can tell you when I got to law school and I spent 500 bucks on all my books, I opened them up and I said, where the hell did all the pictures go? <laughs> with nice books with no like, what pictures. are these words? That isn't the whole point that it has pictures. Anyway, that's a separate conversation. Stephanie, thank you for sharing your passions and and sharing your inspiration and predicting the future with uh, Chat GPT and sharing your uh, journalist journey. I I thoroughly enjoyed listening and all your insights and recommendations. Um, If you wanted to... um, To leave the listeners, we have quite a few folks here and viewers uh, with something to think about, or if they got nothing else, the one thing
2: you want them to take away, what is it? Yeah, I I think what I'd want to say is that it's okay to be yourself. I know that I am not a typical attorney. When I walk down the street, nobody's going to think, oh, there's an attorney. Um, You can't really see it, but... I have green hair. I, you know, I'm wearing a half skull necklace, and I'm, I'm just not, you know, your your typical attorney. But I have the same passion as everybody else. So I think that being yourself and bringing your full self um, and your uniqueness to your job is is just as important as uh, doing the work. Uh, uh, well and accurately and effectively. Oh, I love that
1: message. Well, thank you so much for joining. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Me too, thank you
2: for having me. I appreciate (laughs) it. You bet.
0: Thank you for stopping by. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Notes to My Legal Self. Know someone who'd make a great guest? Let us know. Self-nominations are encouraged. They are an act of courage. Remember, the future of law is bright. Enjoy your in-house practice. It's an adventure of a lifetime. See you soon.